Welcome to The 8 Billion Project, where we're on a mission to make an impact by discovering and sharing the purpose of every person on this planet. I'm your host, Lisa Florida. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The 8 Billion Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Florida. And today we have an extra special guest that I'm super excited to have on this show. I have Elizabeth Hayes. With over 16 years of experience as a spiritual advisor and writer, Liz lived in several cities on four continents over the span of 20 years. As an experienced channel and gifted psychic, she took her global practice to cities such as Hong Kong, Los Angeles, and Sao Paulo. Hopefully I, I, I pronounced that right, Liz. Her work taught her that despite our surface differences, people are driven by two essential things, a need for love and a desire to find meaning. Welcome, Liz Hayes, to the 8 Billion Podcast. I am super excited. I actually have chills right now. Oh, do you? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know our spirit guides are here. (laughs) Yes. It's very very hot in this room. It's very crowded. (laughs) Right, it is. Yeah. (laughs) So I just want, so Liz, everyone, is also one of the co-hosts of a podcast called Karma's My Bitch, and I just listened to their podcast today. Uh, It was titled... I forget the title, but... I think it it was, We're Not Gonna Take It. That's it. Yes. So I'm just gonna... Yeah, and I'll tell you something quite quick, is that starting... Season two is when all of the podcast titles, the episode titles are all songs. <gasps> and the lyrics of those songs always have to do with the theme of that episode. And those songs are not songs I come up with because I would not, it would not occur to me to use a song by Twisted Sister. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a Twisted Sister song, but you go and you're like, oh, wow, this is so interesting. It really fits. So who did the songs come from? Did it come from uh, your co-host? Oh, no, no, no. They, every, so all of the episodes are channeled. So it just comes right through. Everything down to season five? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every season's channeled. That is, that yeah, is the amazing. outlines are all come through. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so that one, uh, is it, I'm not going to take it anymore? We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. Yeah. I was listening to that while I was walking my sister's dog this morning, and it was just so eye-opening. Every single podcast that I listen to, it almost just seems like right on time when I need those answers. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad (laughs) to hear that. Because you don't know. I mean, I outlined these. Um a bit in advance of the season, I can't, I, I really can't just sort of like outline and then record it. It's a lot of work uh, to channel them and bring them through. And so by the time I, from the time I outline to the time we record, there's a fair amount of st- like space yeah. that I just sort of forget. And then I think, and then I hear them much later after they've been edited and I, the transcriptions are done. I'm like, well, this seems like a rather timely episode, even though like three months have passed. <laughs> but how is that? So you'll channel some messages and then of mm. course you're going to say, okay, this is the outline for this podcast. But like you said, between that time uh, of the channeling into your recording, Mm-hmm. There's some time lapse. So when you are actually recording, are you technically channeling again? Yes. Oh. Yes. It's all, yes, it's a fair amount of, because, so the outline follows a very specific format. And so we have four sections always. And the information comes through. This is what, you know, this is sort of the topic. This will be the practical lesson. This is the spiritual lesson. And this is how you bring it all together. That is our outline. Right. And, um, and so, and then once we record, often we'll have to fill in the blanks because the outlines are fairly sparse. They're not pages and pages. So we, it's, that's, but that sparks the conversation and that sparks the questions that often Rhea, my podcast partner will be, will ask. Yeah, no, that is amazing. So the audience, I just want to let you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to karma is my bitch, it is absolutely amazing. It, it, delves into so much spiritual insight. And as you can see from this or hear from this podcast, Liz is a psychic. You are a psychic channeler? 
I don't know what the terms are anymore. I think we're always, uh, Ray and I, we always kick that one around because I call you a sacred channel. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. That sounds nice. I think I just talk to the guides is how I describe it. Yeah. But I don't even think I have a good elevator pitch for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I will be very honest and upfront with people. Just today, somebody was asking me, so what exactly do you do? You know, and I'm like... Well, and I pause because then I don't know how to exact, I don't know what to say sometimes. I guess I can say I talk to angels. I can say I read cards. I could say I read poems. I can say that I'll connect you to people, you know, people will connect people to their guides, but I also just practice soul memory. And so soul memory is a very specific craft that allows you access to information that is contained within everybody's an individual soul. And that to me is much more profound because that's very personal and deep information. And that is very sacred. And so I guess sacred channels, probably the, the most accurate and fair label. No, that's amazing though, because I was actually going the audience. I just want to let you know how I met Liz and it was, uh, we met through Instagram and I was absolutely, you know, I, I looked at her page and I was like, I need to connect with her. And so I reached out to Liz and I was like, do you mind if we connect and just, you know, like have a conversation. And that was probably hour and a half, two hours. It was, it was over two hours. So, and that's the thing when you meet like someone, like a, a, like someone, uh, like a soulmate or, you know, someone, and technically we're, we're all soulmates, right? Everyone, to, I, oh, maybe you can answer that then. Are we all like, soulmates? No. <laughs> it all sounds very lovely and romantic, but no. No. <laughs> well, then there, okay. you can start with that first question. Are we, are we all soulmates? Because my understanding, you know, I read this book by, it was a, it was a book written by uh, Takahashi and he did, a book on Edgar Casey on soulmates. And he was saying okay. that technically, you know, everyone that we come across is a soulmate. Sometimes people will, will define them either as twin flames or karmics mm. or whatever they are, but they're all there to assist us. And they become an impetus for us to grow spiritually mm-hmm. um, as you, you know, as you go down your, you know, your journey. And I've always, you know, I've always actually gone back to that book for reference, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, as far as soulmates is like you said, Technically, not everyone is a soulmate. Oh, no. I mean, I I think Edgar Cayce is amazing. And I still think that there's so much to glean from his teachings. But I think think we've really warped what soulmate means because we've attached different types of meaning and significance to it, especially when it comes to romance and relationships, right? Absolutely. Um, And so it's like, well, sure, everyone's a soulmate. It doesn't really quite work that way. And so another part of the my work is, as you know, based on the podcast title, as you can guess, I work with karma. And so a soulmate relationship is not necessarily a karmic relationship, right? So yeah. when you have karma, it's essentially, it's effectively a process by which we can come through our, um, our issues, like our life issues, we have a theme, a karmic theme. And so karma is the process by which we come into our personal empowerment. Got it. That by confronting this very challenging issue that I have, which could be, there's seven themes. I am unlovable. I am not worthy. I am undeserving. I am broken. I am evil. I am nothing. And I am imperfect. And so you can imagine if that is the theme that governs your car, if one of those seven is a theme that governs your karmic issue in your life, you're going to, you're going to experience different hurdles along those lines, right? And so all the relationships that you have while you're in your karma will always revolve around that and keep pushing that and shoving that in your face. In your face. Yes. Now they say that, you know, karma <laughs> is also, or or they say that you will keep learning lessons or it will keep repeating cycles until you learn your lessons. Is that correct? Um, it's true to an extent that we will experience certain patterns 
till we sort of, till, till we kind of think, oh, wait, there's something wrong here. Right. For instance, yeah. you know, Rhea will talk about this very openly on the podcast. So I'll use her as an example. If your theme is unlovable, like hers, she found herself in a particular pattern. Okay. Where she couldn't get past the first date. So she really, was there a lesson there? Not necessarily. There was mm-hmm. a process by which she needed to kind of re-examine what her intentions were, her, her issues, whether they be past life, current life, whatever. And that's where she needed to kind of confront <clears throat> all the things that were holding her back. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if that makes sense. Yes. So I don't think that it's always about the same lesson or things always coming up the same way. Yes, we can have certain patterns if there's something significant that we need to look at. Yeah. Yeah. But not everything is a lesson. Sometimes there's just a reason that things okay. happen. There's, there's, there are two different things, right? Was there a lesson for her to learn? Not necessarily, but there was certainly a reason it was happening. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And see, that's what, that's what's really, that's what I love about your, you know, my conversations with you, right? Lesson and reason, mission and purpose. And it's just become so much, you know, as I listen to your podcast and audience, I did, you know, reason why I wanted to bring Liz on here was I did complete the soul memory session. And that's, a, you know, I definitely want to delve into that. Um, and it was just so fitting, especially with your podcast release today. Uh, that it talked about mission and purpose. Because yeah. for me, on the 8 billion podcasts, right, it was, it was interesting how, you know, my, my intro is uncovering uh, the purpose, uh, uncovering and sharing the story of each per- you know, everyone's purpose. Yes. And so I was always wondering on this journey, as I started the podcast since last October, I've heard so many things about purpose. And mm. I've heard even things like uh, people say, I've come across, you know, people saying not everyone has a purpose, but by listening to your podcast this morning, it seems as if everyone does have a purpose. Absolutely. Why in the hell would we have come into body if we didn't have a purpose? My goodness, <laughs> Jesus, I would not have wasted my 44 years on this earth plane if I did not have a purpose. Right? Because me too. I'm all like, I'm not doing this again. I don't know how you sent me down here. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it's all a choice. It might've been a misguided one or one where we might've forgotten certain details, but it was always a choice. Um, we all have purpose. We did not incarnate just for the fun of it because it's not that fun to be in human form. It can be somewhat pleasurable, right? We get to eat, we get to fuck, we get to, you know, you get certain things that out of it. But for the most part, being in human bodies is akin to like signing up yourself up for like suffering, right? Right. Yeah, because we always have these issues. We got to sneeze, we got to cough, we get sick, you know, we're, we're always falling apart half the time. So right. why would we do this? But we do it for a reason. We do it because we do it for consciousness. That's why we're here. But everybody's purpose is about how they come into their own consciousness. Right. And it is a massive experiment. It's just a free for all in in the process. But yes, our purpose is to be wholly and unequivocally ourselves and whatever that means. And that process is a huge one. And that's why karma is so beneficial is because it really gets us there fast. Yeah. Absolutely. For our karma. Yeah. And you were even saying though that the pandemic was, you know, the the big trigger where like, hey everyone, let's just do this to the whole world first. <laughs> if you Have thought you-, you had it bad. <laughs> We're just gonna make it 10 times worse for you. Yeah, exactly. You think you had it bad? Hold on in just a second. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, so then, you know, because it made me even question my intro or like everyone's like, you know, 8 billion podcasts. It's so, you know, ambitious. Like, how are you going to, I said, I don't, ent- you know, I don't expect to, to, uh, you know, interview 8 billion people. There's not even <laughs> 8 billion people in this world yet, people. And I actually had to put the technicality of like, oh, it's not till 2023. That's a good thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
They did the calculations, right? This is how you can impact 8 billion people. You have 150,000 influ- 150 interviews with influencers that have over a million on, you know, and I was just like, you know, it's really cool how, you know, how intelligent mm. so many people are in calculating how you can impact. But I was just like, it, it, for me, it was just something deep in my soul that I felt. And, and I called it a calling. So like mm-hmm. I said, I'm learning from you, Liz, like you yeah. can call it so many different things. And yeah what each person has to that interpretation is that that person's, you know, meaning. So exactly. For me, yeah. yeah. Like I felt like I, like I said, I had this calling, which now I've defined as a mission, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so that's, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to go into. Right. And I think you brought that up with Raya was like, you know, not everyone has a mission. But it doesn't yeah. matter, right? It's it's not like, oh, because you don't have a mission doesn't mean it does, you know, that no. you're important or... No, no, I'd say lucky you. <laughs> right? Lucky you. It is such thankless work, to be honest. Good for you. Good luck. That's what I feel like mission is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go with God. <laughs> go with God. Be in, be in I mean, literally go with God. Exactly. You keep throwing that back at me, aren't you? So ultimately, and so I'll, I'll, I'll explain this. So as I said, our purpose is really just to be holy and unequivocally, I mean, really, and unapologetically who we are and who we know to our core, right? right. And, that's, and it's not the same as sort of flinging out your painful self, right? This sort of identity that you've created because, you know, whatever trauma in your life and, you know, this is just some persona that you create an order to mask your pain. When I'm saying be yourself, it's the be your whole healed self. Like this is me and my vulnerable state because I've got nothing but me now here, right? But at the same time, once we've gotten to that point, after that is our purpose is ultimately to serve the collective, right? Got it. So we take that whole healed self and, and we bring that to the four and we say, how can I serve? Absolutely. And by our very being in the most conscious way, right? If we're the most conscious beings we can be, that is being in service to the collective. Got it. So that's the true definition of what mission is. That's the true definition of what purpose is. Oh, purpose is. (laughs) Okay. So mission, (laughs) are we ready to go there yet? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So mission, again, it's somewhat thankless work. It's often behind the scenes work. It's often um, sort of (laughs) hold up in your house kind of work where it's about divine consciousness. And it's about bringing the divine to our everyday lives. And we do that one of two ways where we're either helping to elevate consciousness or we're bringing that sort of already elevated consciousness and we're integrating it within the existing consciousness. So it's either top to bottom or bottom to top. Or in other words, if you have some, you know, if you understand it, it's 3D to 5D or 5D Mm to 3D. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you wanted to go with those terms. Oh, no. I was like, that's why I was like. Open. I'm completely open. I know you are. To see this podcast is meant to see this podcast. And it could just, you know, give them insight. Because like lots of people are like, what's 3D? What's 5D? I was like, oh, dear. Here we go. Oh, do we want to go there now? (laughs) Is it time? Yes, it's time, actually. (laughs) Okay. What would you do? Yeah. 3D. (laughs) I know. I, it's, it's weird because I don't read a lot of spiritual-ish new age literature. So I, I, I came across something today on Twitter where somebody was describing something and I thought, well, that's a really interesting choice. Um, 3D is effectively, so it's, it stands for third dimensional consciousness. And all it is, is it's separation consciousness. It is you and I are not the same. Right? We have, we, there are enough things that make us different from one another and, and, um, and that is how 3D goes, right? And in order to do that, in order to maintain separation, we live within a system of rules 
we maintain a system of polarity. There's right, wrong, virtue, vice, good and bad. So those rules and those sentiments actually govern how we behave. And so you can imagine if we live in 3D or third dimensional consciousness, we can't necessarily be who we are, right? Right. Everything I am is to be able to fit within those, within the realm of polarity and separation. Yes. So 5D is oneness consciousness. And oneness consciousness merely says, well, we all come from the same place, the same divine core, right? Yeah. We all come from source. And therefore, whatever differences we may have, they are merely surface. And deep down, I know that you and I can coexist in this world because we are the same. Got it. Even if our values differ somewhat, once we're in oneness, the value system change so that our only value that we really maintain is that, is, is that you and I are divine. That is the one belief and that everything emanates from that one belief. You can certainly have hold other opinions. We don't necessarily have to agree on everything, but we can have we can that singular coexist. viewpoint. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so that's how I like to describe 3D and 5D, separation versus oneness. And to me, it's a fairly simple explanation, I think. Maybe you could tell me otherwise. <laughs> Raya would probably correct and the woo, me. Would the woo version be everyone is to, you know, to get to oneness is to completely accept everyone. And in that's through like maybe unconditional love. Is that maybe like the woo-woo version of it? I think it's very sappy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't think we need to love everyone. I think that's such a stretch at this point. I think it would just be really helpful for us to reach compassion. And compassion is not even kindness. Compassion is I am me, you are you. I have my own struggles, you have your own struggles. And just as I need space to manage my own life, you need space and we can work with that. Because compassion effectively means to be in step with. Got it. That's really what the word is, right? If you yeah. break it down in the Latin, it's, it's, I am in step with you. So you are doing you to the best of your ability at any given time. Even if your best is not my best, that's okay. You'll get there. And is yeah. that like... Because I always say that I always hold space for people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. and, but I'm only human. So I still have an ego. But for the most part, right? Uh -huh. Holding space for me is a definition of just understanding they are wherever they are on their journey. Yes. I honor that without judgment. And exactly. it allows them this, the space to grow or to either ascend or whichever, you know what I mean? Because it might not be a spiritual path for them at the, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, precisely. That is, that is compassion when you say I'm holding space for them. Got it. Because you're just allowing. Because you don't, you, don't you don't understand how many times I've been asked by people, what does holding space mean? And <laughs> every time I have to like either regurgitate and it never comes out exactly the same. You know what I mean? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Definition for it, you know what I mean? Oh God, some so, eyes out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Now, when you're saying that we are, you know, we're trying to reach oneness consciousness, mm -hmm. is that, you know, what are your views on this whole thing called, you know, especially new age, everyone's saying we're going into, you know, we're here to usher in the great awakening. What is the definition of what you believe to be the great awakening? <laughs> or you're like, it's not even what I believe it's what is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what are we awakening to how shitty life is? What? <laughs> no, I think we're just remembering. We're remembering that we're far more powerful. We're remembering that we were born into a world of separation that we did not create. That already existed. And we're remembering that we're here for something more than just sort of getting by in life. Right. And that's a very shock. I mean, that's a shocking thing to remember because then we are forced to confront the one thing that we ourselves had willingly let go of, which is our power. Wow. And so what we've been in the process of doing since 2016 is having to confront our powerlessness 
over and over and over again <laughs> in every way, shape, and form. And that's a really painful thing to do because most people won't even own that they are powerless. And, or what they'll do is they'll, be, they'll play the victim, right? They'll own their victimization, but therein also lies their power. They use their victimhood as a tool for power. So right now, what we're having to remember is I'm powerful because I am me. And I'm not powerful because all these systems tell me I am. I'm not powerful because this group tells me I am. I'm powerful because I am me. And if we, but if we don't know who we are, if we don't remember where we came from, if we don't remember that we're here for more than just to suffer and die, then we're going to really struggle and we're going to loop. Absolutely. Right? We're going to loop in our powerlessness. We're going to loop in our karma. We're just going to keep looping until somebody pulls it or until, you know, we get saved, or at least that's what we think is going to happen. Right. But ultimately, this age and this time period is somewhat unforgiving. There will be no one to save us. Right. So until we can realize that and step into, you know, our own healing and accept that we have to be independent and strong beings who can do this for ourselves, we're going to find ourselves very lost and stuck. Now, Liz, why do you say it started and all began in 2016? Well, that began the shift of the end of 3D. Oh, okay. And you know this from your spirit guides, you know this from, you know, because everyone has different timelines, but yes. everyone oh, seems yes. to at least in a general sense be like, this is this timeline right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. And that's fair because let me tell you, when it comes to channeling, like honestly, time is like no one's friend. Yeah. Because time is such a funny and funky and a really awful thing um, to try to get to for people, um, <clears throat> especially with clients. When like, when is this going to happen? And then maybe you get one date and then like it happens two years later and they're like, well, it happened right? but two years later. And I was like, so I'm like I, not me. <laughs> right. But it, I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take the blame, even though, you know, I'll take it. There's a framework you have, right? Um, so I don't even know if I can ask, answer this one well. It's just something you know. Like, this is just something that I've been able to channel and in information I've gleaned. And um, I'm also just very careful about how I access my information. So it was always really clear the way things would sort of build up. And as I've, and I think just also by working on the podcast and Rhea's incessant curious questions, which are always really fun because they get me to think about things I would never think about or ask that thing, questions I would have never asked in a million years. And that's just how things start to come out, right? right? Now, so when it comes to third dimensional consciousness and the end, right? Where's the beginning of the end? Like we've been in a very long ending process. And humans, because we're dense, right? Because we're in body, things take a long time to happen. Absolutely. So the one thing that makes these timelines a bit weird, somewhat consistent, you know, there's a bit of overlap and there's still, I think they're somewhat consistent from what I've heard. The reason why they're a bit off is because it takes a long time for things to end in human, in, in human life, right? Like if you look at it, like how long do things really take to happen? They take forever. No, but we've, it's really just been in the last 50 years that things have really sped up because we're ending something. Got it. Yeah, because, you know, you even say that and I, I consciously and, and it was through learning, you know, I had to understand what 3D was to 5D. And if there was higher dimensions other than that, right? Yes, and there then, are. <laughs> right. And then from there, you know, I understood that energy is fluid and people have free will. So mm. things move so much, you know, when when psychics or like, let's just say new age people are reading on YouTube. They say, you know, always understand that this could be past, present, future. Always understand that it's everything moves so much faster in the 5D and you still have free will. 
So what mm. might apply to you, you know, what might, what they might be reading about at the same time might not either apply to you. It could be past, present or future and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> interesting to know that everything moves so much further, you know, like so much faster yeah. in the 5D and now we're just trying to pull it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's difficult because we're having to allow 3D to go while also trying to slowly lay the foundations for 5D. Because you can't just sort of get rid of 3D and then build 5D. It sort of has to happen simultaneously. Got it. So could right. we be in 5D in our, actually in our physical bodies? Is it, is, are we, oh, yeah. we're moving yeah. to that? Yeah, there are beings who are very much living in 5D right now. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's very possible. And I think, and I, that was, um, that was season two. Welcome to the jungle, maybe was my episode. That was okay. actually one of my favorite episodes. But yes, it's very much like it's, it's, will be, it's welcome to the jungle. Remember that Guns N' Roses song? Right. <laughs> that's, that's what 5D life is going to seem like. It's, and it's all, do you think that we are going to see it in, in our lifetime? Where we're, there's going to be enough critical mass of mm -hmm. in oneness, living in oneness consciousness. Yeah. Or is that one, a, is that a close, you can't even say it's a close chapter because it's going to get there. It's just, it depends, right? How old you are and your consciousness. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I feel like there will be enough of it that we'll have seen a difference. Uh-huh. A shift. Definitely between, you know, where we are now or even where we were five years ago versus where we'll be in 20 years. Uh -huh. And we're certainly young enough, you and I, for that. And that's fine. But in terms of the sort of oneness world, no, that's not what we're here for. And I, that was a bit of a wake up call for me in terms of the work where I thought, okay, I know I'm here for, you know, to help with this oneness piece. I know that it's very much my mission to sort of help bring consciousness. And so, but when I realized that oneness consciousness is going to take a lot longer, <laughs> I had a sad moment. Right. I thought, am I not going to see the tree I planted? <laughs> right. <laughs> you definitely are like going to leave a legacy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, but it's me, like, later, karma's my bitch. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, but it's all, it's all the, we're, we're planting the trees that we will not be sitting, you know, we will not be enjoying the shade of those trees. And that's okay. I just had my little sad moment about that. And I thought, okay, that's all right. Well, yeah, because everyone's trying to decipher what that is. There's so many people saying that the pandemic triggered all of this for us to like awaken mm -hmm. and that all of these shifts are going to happen and we're going to live in this utopian world and now whatever that might look like i'm all like so many people have so many different visions like okay right? <laughs> a different financial system a different you know what i mean uh yeah okay you, have you heard that and could you elaborate on your thoughts on that thank you for that question it's like an amazingly hard to answer <laughs> I can edit this one. <laughs> no, no, it's okay because I just, I feel, okay. So if you can imagine third dimensional consciousness, we had three tent poles that helped prop up 3D. We had government, so our political systems, our financial systems, and we had religion. Okay. Right? And okay. if you consider that those were the three tent poles, you can con consider how polarity operated within those tent poles and how those tent poles, you know, governed right? And dictated the rules. Right. Now, if you can imagine that 5D is all oneness, in which case all the tent poles go away, what happens? All of those structures would go away. Exactly. But we can't be in a structuralist world as humans yet, because that would just lead to chaos. So you can imagine what did the world look like a year ago or a year plus, right? Early 2020 was chaotic. People panicked. They bought toilet paper because they didn't know what exactly. to do with they themselves. Bought toilet paper. And then they and then they turned within to reflect, but they had more than enough toilet paper. They locked themselves in their bathroom with their mountains of toilet paper, and then and then owned themselves exactly. into oneness. And now I'm gonna reflect. <laughs> what did they do? They also fling out their blame. They fl they fling out their their fear. They projected time and again. 
right? They looked for somebody else to blame and to find fault for their issues, whatever they were. Absolutely. And, but effectively, it was those three tent poles that got challenged, right? So we're not going to see the end of those tent poles. But what happens is 3D crumbles, 5D consciousness has to come in and help establish a different a foundation for a different type of consciousness where we don't have the tent poles because everything is one. Wow. And that's a bit difficult to, you know, because we all need, yeah, I mean, really, because you want these tent poles, right? We need structure. We need order. What happens if we don't have, you know, if we don't have these political leaders, what's going to happen, right? Right. There's a vacuum. And again, this goes back to my powerlessness point, which is if we are all people who are so used to being governed that we cannot be in our own power, what happens when that, when that system of governance fails us, which it has? So then what happens? You keep trying to fill it and replace it, but they're never going to empower their people. So in, we can't come into oneness consciousness if we don't learn to empower ourselves. Because right. all we'll be doing is just looking for constant replacements. Okay, well, this government didn't work. Let's just replace them. Mm-hmm. But we've seen what happens in a lot of developing countries because that's often the system, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we see that in the Philippines. Absolutely. And so, and this is the same thing with religion. It's the same thing with financial systems as well. Because everybody thinks, well, there's going to be a much more way, a fair way of, you know, of equal distribution of finances, like, you know. Yes. But when can that happen? Can it happen when people are still governed by greed mm-hmm. and feelings of lack? No. So again, try coming into your power and then figure that out. So, yeah. So we're really and that's having interesting to work on you this. see that just mm-hmm. because. A lot of people are feeling so powerless now, like people can't travel, you know? <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it is a huge source of frustration for me right now. <laughs> right? That's yeah. mine too. Oh my gosh. We're, we're sages. We're like world explorers. I mean, we're even space explorers, you know? And to kind of just say, you can't do that. Like, okay, let me just, you know. It, it, that's why you're saying karma is my bitch. Like, how do I empower myself when Absolutely. you can, when you tell me I can't even get on a plane and in creating, Yeah. All well, these what rules. are these rules? What are these rules and what do they do and how do they benefit me really? Mm-hmm. Because we've, we stopped asking questions. We became very complacent because 3d pr- demands complacency, right? Tent poles require complacency because they require followers. And that, which is most of the, which is most of the population right now, to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So, so when they say, oh, you were living in the most beautiful times in our lives, in life, <laughs> in, in humanity, I was like, it sure is, God. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, I it's, love it. That's right. what we came for, though. For all of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are divine. Yeah, because we're, because we're divine. <laughs> right yeah that's the woo-woo version of everything yeah yeah and it's interesting though too you know another thing that I I came across was that post that you were saying like and and you and I think I think we might have touched on it like spirituality is is an industry per se until which time that we understand we really are divine you know what I mean absolutely I mean spirituality um what did I even say? Oh, I think, um, I think even Rhea pointed this out. She's like, we're using spirituality to make spirituality obsolete. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and that's the goal. That's ultimately the goal. Although we're not trying to convert people and turn them into spiritual beings. We're hoping that they can just grasp enough of spirituality and working with spirit that they can come into their own divinity, which is effectively just their own power. Right. So that they can see themselves as a whole capable being of living in this world and then to go forth and live it however they want and live their purpose or their mission. Because to us, I mean, the ethos of karma's my bitch is you're not meant to go sit on a mountaintop or just go find some beach and just kind of kumbaya yourself to death. 
Yeah. Right. You don't need to go practice yoga. You don't need to meditate. A lot of the stuff won't necessarily serve you in the long term when it comes to oneness consciousness. What's really going to serve the world of oneness consciousness is for people to get their shit together. And you don't get your shit together when you're sitting alone meditating. Yeah. You can find five minutes of calm. Don't get me wrong. There are benefits to meditation just as much as there are no benefits to meditation, right? Yeah. It really varies according to the person. But I feel like new age spirituality has really kind of done a disservice to spirituality. And by that, I mean the kind of old school, listen, again, I have enough compassion for you. Let's just live our lives and let's just do the fucking best we can with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you believe that the, they're saying that um, as we raise consciousness or, you know, those that are contributing, like, let's just say, like what you were saying, uh, those that are already living in 5D, as you're, as you're doing that, are you shifting an energetic field that as, you know, that as this starts to happen or they start to meet with each other between 3D to 5D, that, that energetic field just starts, um, gosh, what are the words for me? That yeah, I don't know. That, right? that you, would you know what I'm talking about, Liz? I kind of do and I don't. I'm like, oh, you answer it. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know what you mean though. <laughs> no, what do you mean? So, okay. So there are five. Okay. So if there are fifth dimensional beings, which there are, there are people who have come into oneness consciousness and they're good and they're out there living their normal lives. Maybe they have regular jobs. Maybe they're sitting at home just waiting for people to like calm the fuck down. <laughs> so who knows? And, you, and then, like you said, some people aren't even aware they're on mission yet. Right. Now you would not, if you are on mission, so if you're somebody who came here specifically on mission, which is really about divine consciousness and, and connection, and you're not aware that you're on mission, then you are not a 5D being. As in, you are still, you're still battling, toying with, playing in third dimensional consciousness. Got it. Because once are... you really, yeah, because when you're really owning your purpose or you've really embraced your mission, then you're very close to being in 5D or if you're, or you're there, it depends on where you're at. Because the one thing that you cannot have to be a 5D being, and I hope I'm not confusing people by saying this, that there are people who are already, they're 5D beings. I mean, honestly, they're just the average person walking down the street. They will not seem you're any gonna, different yeah. from anyone else. Is you can't have ego. And that's really what we're going to be playing in for the next several years is how can we eliminate our egos? That's, that's it, right? Yes. Because yeah. ego is the identity that we developed in order to survive third dimensional consciousness. Wow. That's amazing though, then, but I'm just saying that, that there are people that are 5d already. So they, yes. they walk around with, they, you know, they exist with no ego. Right. Exactly. And in a state of, of humility, right? Wow. Yeah. I can just imagine. <laughs> I'm all I mean, like, I'm not at 5D yet. <laughs> no, but that's okay. Um, one thing that um, I witnessed through this process was, you know, we're, we're slowly allowing, especially if we're living our purpose and we're really doing the best we can and working on ourselves and healing and coming into um, full body consciousness, at least, because that's, it's a good goal to have is just full body consciousness, um, is that, you know, we can slow, that ego can be diminished over time. It's not as if you wake up and you're like, ah, I'm egoless, hallelujah, and here comes 5D, you know, here I come. <laughs> it's not like that. It's the like, it's every little situation we might encounter. Am I encountering this with humility? Mm -hmm. am, I, am I being honest? with this person or within this situation? Am I acting with complete integrity? Mm -hmm. So there's ways in which we can sort of tell where our ego is maybe dominating or it's not. And when we don't allow our ego to dominate a particular situation or a moment or a relationship or whatever we're going through, is we get to whittle it down. Yes. And the more we whittle it down, the closer we get to 5D consciousness. Wow. And that's cool. And that's enough, right? So we don't need to be like trying to kill our egos, right? Like, mm -hmm. hammer down, yeah. like, die already. It doesn't right? work that way. It's, no, 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 no. 
You know, and I, and I, I even use this a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's being aware moment after moment, but even then, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't walk around like, I'm aware, I'm aware. I know. <laughs> That'd be exhausting. Constant self-awareness is annoying and exhausting. Please don't ever, no one do that. <laughs> You're just like. But, well, let me, okay, let me see if I can rephrase my question. If there okay. are enough people that, you know, that have a higher awareness and consciousness level, and as, okay. you know, this starts to take place, and more of the population, so to speak, awaken. Could that ener- energetic field like start? Sh- that's that's basically what it is. Could that energetic field start shifting the way every like? Could it have basically an influence on others? Absolutely, okay. absolutely, yes. Okay, yes, yes. Because there, the more people who even hold basic full body consciousness, that's going to shift whomever that they come in contact with, right? And so, and, and if anybody's in oneness, of course, that's going to impact those that they're around. Although to be fair, by the time you're there, most people you're attracting are already pretty conscious anyway. Yeah. No, because the vibrational shift will just be too great that, you know, so say you've got somebody who isn't very conscious and then uh you have somebody who's in full body consciousness. I mean, there's already a bit of a gap there, right? But then if you have somebody who's in higher consciousness, or 5D, it's like, it's almost too much. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And you never go down. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Ascending. Once you've hit, it's, you know, it's, I, I, I use the vertical example, but it's not quite vertical, but it's really just that the more expanded we are, so we can hold space for all of that, the less we really have room to play in those energies. In the, the more dense energies. Exactly. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, you're never going to go. See, I've had people ask, but like, once I've done this, am I ever going to go back? I'm like, you don't really go back because you're not going to want to. You could try, and there's certainly people who do, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. The moment you do that, it's, it's like, oh, I've just taken four steps backward. That doesn't feel right. And then they mm-hmm. have to kind of work back. But it's a little, it always, it, it's faster each time you do that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's explained so perfectly, you know, the best that we can, you know, between this podcast, between you and I, we're like, okay, let's do this. My hands. Right? But it, it just makes sense. Like for me, I don't, I, you know, I, I do go, remember, I just had that conversation with you about like, uh, you know, anger or, you know, oh yes, right. Anger. And then yes. you're all like, well, trust it intuitively. It's there to, 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 work with you, but you don't stay in there long when you learn to trust that and work with it first. Because I was just thinking, oh, Liz, I'm so, you know, I'm so, uh, I, I vibe high. I, I can't be angry. Everything has to be love and all that kind of stuff. Right. And you're like, no, you can be mad. And it's I was like, go be mad. Yeah. Get pissed. Yeah. Not even <laughs> mad. Just go into a rage, you know, sit in it for five minutes and <laughs> You'll get out of it. <laughs> well, rage, I would. I was like, rage is like unexpressed anger. That's just been stewing for too long. Hopefully right. we just allow that anger to surface each time and then it doesn't become rage. But yeah, I mean, anger is beautiful. And I don't think we give anger enough credit yeah. because we keep trying to stamp it down. But it's trying to control our anger is how we become controlled. Got it. And so what's really beautiful is that anger is will. Anger is saying something is not being honored. Something is being disrespected in this moment, and I need to figure out what it is. And anger, the moment you allow it to lead you, you'll see it. And you'll see it quite fast because anger burns so fast. And that's what I like about anger. And if people are afraid, if they, when they hear that and they think, but I could be angry for a long time. I'm like, but no, you're not. That's just when there's like some other kind of, you know, resentment, that simmering resentment. That's not anger. Those are two very separate things. But what you were going through was veritable anger. Yeah. Because in that moment, you knew you were not being honored and somebody was treating you dishonestly. Got it. And it's true, like even on a more like, like a lighter level, you Mm -hmm. know, like even with my son 
I'm aware of it. Like, you know, like it'll trigger something and then I'll be angry at the moment. That's just the energy, but I, yeah. try, you know what I mean? Like I pull out of it pretty quickly. And so there's less, you know what I mean? There's yeah. less push and pull, even with my, the, the dynamic with my son. Yes. You know, and teenagers so are beautiful creatures, aren't they? <laughs> They're so good at pissing. That's a off. mission on its own. Exactly. <laughs> Parenting is weird. And let me tell you, like, consciousness and parenting oh that's shifting yeah that's shifting in so many ways we won't even understand what the family and fabric will look like in 20 years it's going to be so different it'll be so different so different yeah we're already seeing it but it's going to have changed well i'm excited to kind of see that (laughs) but you know i was like maybe maybe we are going to do a part part two on this because (laughs) these times just go by so fast, Liz. They do. And we covered, you know, we covered so much and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are just going to be like, what, what do they mean? (laughs) But again, you know, there's so much to learn. You've done so much work on top of, we didn't even touch on it today. You are an author. So what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do was ask if people would like to learn more about your work, whether it's the soul memory, whether it's your podcast, do you have, could you please give us your contact information and how people can, can find you and your work? Oh, that's a great question. Cause now <laughs> at the top of my head, I'm like, what's my website? <laughs> Gosh, I'm really not that fake. I just have a terrible memory. So my website, so they could always find me um, through my website, Elizabeth and And it's easy to find me like you did on Instagram. Right. <laughs> And I was like, what's my handle? It's I am Liz Hayes on Insta. And the podcast is Karma's My Bitch. And we're on pretty much every platform there is. Um, yeah, I think we're on Spotify and Apple and Stitcher and a few others. Amazon. Perfect. Well, <laughs> yeah. anyhow, with the audience, um, on top of that, I'll put it in the description box on YouTube. And of course, the, uh, we'll have it on the podcast description. So if you'd like to get a hold of Liz Hayes, the wonderful Liz Hayes, who's oh, absolutely divine. So <laughs> but yes, I'd love, do, I'd love to do uh, another uh I'd love to do another podcast recording because this could just lead to so much, but you're always welcome on this platform. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Oh, I had so much fun. (laughs) You're you're just a joy. You and I, we talk, honestly, you know what it is? It's like, you're like one of my old high school girlfriends. Just chatting with you is so easy. It's, I don't know, maybe because we're both from Southern California. We're both, you know, who knows? Our backgrounds are so similar. And I'm sure our musical tastes are probably really similar. Even our humor is so, is so similar. And guys, like I'm in SoCal right now and Liz grew up in San Diego, but she's currently you're out of London, right? Yes. We seem to have to come back here a second time, which is, you know, it's fine. It's (laughs) okay. I miss the sun. Let me tell you, you could ask certain, you could ask the universe for certain things, but location is not always one of them. Location is not one of them. A city with great weather has not been in my path. Lately. It hasn't been in your path. No. <laughs> well, let's just see where this next chapter of our lives take us. Who knows? You, you. you might be back in the sun. Plus, you could always just visit your parents. <laughs> yes, because I can fly. Right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, yes, I look forward to our next time. Thank you. Yes, so absolutely. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned into this episode. And Thank stay tuned all. for our next episode of 8 Billion Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If it's moved you in any way, please review and share your thoughts or text me your thoughts at 949-247-2800.